Well, Emma, it's lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you too, Michelle. So do you want to do a quick intro on yourself? Okay, perfect. So um, Michelle Kilcar, I'm with Hero Recruitment and we are in operation now, got 25 years, we're spanning three decades at this stage. Um, we have a workforce of about 35 people. We specialize in the life sciences sector very much within the STEM disciplines. So we support all the big players in med tech, pharmaceuticals, right across Ireland, Europe and the US. Um, so we have specialist divisions within each of those areas um, to ensure that the quality of service is there, the expertise is there. We've, I firmly believe in the subject matter expert rate. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we are very proud of the fact that we are six times award winner with the Employment Recruitment Federation here in Ireland for best in technical engineering, science and pharma. Mm -hmm. That's our niche market. We're niche specialists in terms of uh, the service we deliver. Um, so we offer solutions across permanent staffing um, service models. We uh, do contracting, MSPs. We provide on-site resources, we do statement works, whatever the service is required from the client. Um, and that's kind of us in a nutshell. We we have three sites here in Ireland across Galway, Cork and Dublin. Um, and we are uh, very much excited about the year, not just 2023, but you know, the, 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 the next couple of years that are ahead of us here in the recruitment sector. Brilliant. Great intro. I love that. Absolutely love it. You've got it nailed. <laughs> okay. Um, Thank you guys. So we are, um, so I've been in recruitment for I don't know, 35, 40 years, um, come from um, large corporate and I landed and we opened Disruptive about four years ago. So we're only, we're quite new, we're quite a new company. Um, there's about 18 of us. Um, we offshore in India. Um, so we are open in India, Europe, uh, which is mainly uh, UK and uh, the US. So we mainly deal with the marzipan layer, um, which is what I call that sort of one just below um, board level. So we tend to do leadership hiring. We're only permanent or we, we deal with permanent and looking at the interim market at the moment as well. Um, and we work around the IT and consulting um, arena. So we, we deal with sort of the large systems integrators and that's sort of, if you cut me in half, that's what I've been doing for many, many years. Um, and it's a really exciting market to work in. Um, we basically work around a lot of the leadership, but we also, um, we also do, we've got other strings to our bow around integration coaching. So we believe in <clears throat> not just dropping a candidate at the door, we also support them for six months um, into their role and make sure that they're embedded, make sure that their, their time to productivity is, is, is um, where it should be. And we also do assessments prior to, uh, so to help sort of companies, not just to put their finger in the air and hire, but we'll also help them think through their strategy to hire. So we, that, that's sort of the, the area that, 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 we, we, that we tend to play in. Um, and I'm also really excited about 2023, as you probably remember all those years back, you know, when you, when you're starting a business, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do. And I feel that we've got the infrastructure in now to be able to really, really grow. So, um, yeah, very excited about it actually. So yeah. Definitely. And that's critical, isn't it? You know, that, that layer of foundation in terms of getting the processes right for the scalability factor, 
Um, otherwise, you, you start to see the, um, you know, the cracks very, very quickly as you try to grow without having that investment in the, yeah. in the foundation from the outset. Absolutely couldn't agree more. And I think um, it does take time. And I think it's a moving, it's a moving goal, isn't it? You know, you're always trying to, you know, make sure you've got the processes. And I think as recruitment, as recruiters, I mean, you, you've obviously scaled and you've, you've grown to 35. But, you know, I think it is difficult because as recruiters, we, we're sort of, you know, we don't have that mindset of sort of deep dive detail. And I think, you know, it's about how, how we how you structure to make sure that you've, you've got that foundation if you want to grow, you know, as, as, a, as a recruitment company, that, you, that you've got it there before you start growing and then you're in a pickle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think we're all salespeople at heart. And, th- and that's that can be a challenge when you're looking at, um, you know, internal processes and operations and systems and all of that. We just we're all interested in the, the client engagement, the candidate engagement piece. And um, but it's important to get the processes right that support that um, behind the scenes. But in terms of the changes um, you've seen across the world of recruitment over the last 12 to 18 months, what have you seen? Um, because, you know, you operate in, in Europe as well, in the US, and we don't do we don't do any work in the UK or very limited work in the UK, to be honest, Emma. So I'd be very interested to hear how you what you're seeing in terms of um, the recruitment market. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think, I don't know about the recruitment market per se. I mean, that's probably the TRN's, um, the TRN's field. But I think from a, from a business point of view, um, you know, it was mad, you know, and I'm sure you probably saw the same when we came out of COVID. I mean, I've never quite worked in a market like that where we, we just, we were just so overloaded with work. I mean, we didn't have time to put our head above the parapet. You know, at one stage we had something like, you know, 300 leadership roles, I mean, really big leadership roles on, you know, which is completely unmanageable. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and it was absolutely mad. And, and, and we saw a an escalation in people paying joining bonuses, you know, people were scrabbling around for the talent. I mean, it, it was what we sort of, you know, say war for talent. And it really, really was. And um, I, I, I think in August hit, and there was in our market, especially, which is the systems integration and consultants market, there was a real tap that was turned off. Um, and everyone went, oh, and it was a bit like, you know, a donkey sliding to a halt, you know, and going, right, that's it. What's going on? And and it was a real stop overnight. And it was like, OK, this, this is unusual. And we literally went from like 250, 300 senior leadership roles down to about 10, you know, and um, it was quite interesting. So I think for for me, it's you've just got to hold, you know, hold strong. You know, it's going to um, come out the other end. So with, with regards to the market, I've just seen a bit of a slowing down. People are a bit nervous. Um, I think there still is a war for talent in certain areas um, of the market, like cloud, cyber. In, that's certainly in our, our market. I don't see that the talent, you know, becoming any less difficult to find or good talent. Um, and I also think that from a leadership point of view, a lot of companies are evaluating their uh, leadership teams from are they have they got the right people in place? Because I think moving forward, um, there's going to be a real shift again in the markets to, you know, from what I'm hearing, you know, a lot more interim um, and contracting type of, uh, you know, it's moving towards more towards that. And, you know, I think from a leadership point of view is, you know, a lot of people are starting to evaluate have they got the right skills in place with hybrid working with lots of stuff that is the new challenging things that companies are having to look at. Um, I, you know, I don't know. What, what's your experience of... Um, 
of, of what's going on in your world? Yeah, I think we experienced something similar um, within the uh, life sciences sector as well, Emma. Um, you know, 2020, May hit and literally business fell off a cliff. Um, but by September, that it had literally blown out of proportion again. It went from complete famine um, to the complete opposite in the space of a quarter. And it was gearing up for that then, you know, going from you know, scaling back to scaling back up in, in a very, very short period of period of time. I think the last 12 to 18 months have been really good for our sector. Um, one of the things that's that has really accelerated the recruitment and hiring process for us is um, the companies that embraced online video interviewing because it just wasn't a thing, really. Um, you know, everybody had to be met face to face. There was no hires done. Um, virtually. Now, there's a mix of that in, in today's climate. You know, the process may start virtually, but may finish in a face-to-face -face situation. But it's great to have that, you know, particularly when you're looking at a talent pool that's not within Ireland. Um, like I said, we support the life sciences sector. So if you look at Galway, you have all the key players in Galway, in a really, in the west of Ireland, you have Boston Scientific, Medtronic, Cragana, Merit Medical, J&J, um, Abbott, all these, all the main players in the medtech sector sit in Galway. And uh, can you imagine the war for talent um, in conjunction with that issue as well? Because the, the dominant talent pool that's required in the West of Ireland is quality engineers, manufacturing engineers, R&D engineers and production supervisors. They're all, all the same companies are competing for the same talent. Mm. So what it did open up for us was uh, or remove for us is the geographical barriers. You know, we've we've got people on contract that are not based in Ireland working for comp medtech companies in Ireland. So it was great to be able to source that talent and to be able to place that talent. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, COVID was instrumental in removing that barrier for us in terms of um, our sourcing uh, strategy for our clients. Um, of course, the hybrid is huge, um, remote, remote and hybrid. And um, I know there's a struggle at the moment in terms of talking to um, some of um, the other recruitment businesses, other recruitment business owners here in Ireland, to get people back into the office. Mm. Um, I do, uh, and I think there's horses for courses, Emma. You know, it's um, what works for one may not work for, for somebody else. So it's not one um one fit for all in terms of flexibility and remote it's looking at what works for some and what works for others um we offer a four-day week it was born from the um the the COVID era and we are into year two of that now and it's it's working out great for us um we took that 12 to 18 months to really look at our processes and look at particularly the transactional element of our processes um, we uh, changed um, CRMs during that period. And you know what it's like when you're changing CRMs. And <laughs> on that journey, it was great fun. So, you know, you have to expect that there's going to be that period of disruption um, when you change CRMs and be, be to be ready for that and to be ready for the frustrations. I, you know, I always say it's like moving from an iPhone to a Samsung. They both do the same thing, but, you know, try, trying to navigate it when you're um, trying, when you're so busy and trying to get so much done. Um, resilience, 
you know, I, I can't stress it enough. It, it's it's um, so important in today's climate and has been particularly important over the last couple of years in terms of how you how you manage that, how how you recognize that in terms of your talent acquisition strategy. Um, and, you know, it's a roller coaster ride for recruiters at the moment um, with, you know, filling the job, counter offers, candidates withdrawing, candidates declining. Um, so you can't actually count your placement until that person is in situ, you know, because it, the, like you said, the war for talent is is really, really dominant at the moment. Um, so, you know, that's some of what I'm seeing over the last um, the last 12 to 18 months in terms of our business. Yeah. Um, life science, um, the life science market is still exceptionally buoyant here in Ireland and it's growing. Mm. Jobs are continue to increase. I, I know, you know, we're, we're talking also about the future in the next 12 to 18 months and what mm. that looks like. Mm. We've got a very positive outlook here in Ireland. Um, you know, just from talking to the companies we work with in the med tech space, um, the life science space, um, they're very positive about their um, growth and their hiring uh, for the next for this year and beyond. Um, you know, there's uh, and the, the whole area of, of the future of work in terms of um, those uh, job categories um, in automation, in AI, in um, all of that area, the, the whole data science, those areas are are key in terms of recruitment in the future as well. Mm. Um, but we're we're seeing quite a, quite a bit of um, still quite a bit of growth in um, the medtech sector in terms of opportunities, not just across permanent but across contracting as well. Mm. Um, and talent and talent mapping, talent planning is very much a board level topic at the moment. You know, HR may not have got our talent talent acquisition may not have got the same visibility. Um, 10 years ago as it is today but you know it's either going to impede your growth or enhance your growth if um, you're getting the right talent within the business you know look at R&D for example if you can't attract the right R&D into um, a, a med tech company it's going to be a challenge because you know in terms of um, the sustaining the products they have or developing next generation products it's, it's crucial to their success um, so, you know, we're seeing um, we're seeing that there's still growth there. But, you know, the tech sector, and it's one of the sectors that you operate in. Emma, it has taken an awful hit in Ireland with, you know, uh, companies like Meta and Facebook and all those types of organizations um, uh, reducing headcount and, yeah. you know, um, ending contracts for IT personnel. Yeah. Um, how are you finding that? I, I know you operate at a whole different level, Emma, but how are you finding that? Um, um, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting time. But before we go into that, I, I mean, I think you've touched on some really, really interesting points there, um, which I'm going to pick up on. You know, one is the hybrid working, right? I mean, I think that that is, you know, lots of companies are grappling with that. And I think it's really interesting. You, you've gone down to a four day week. Um, you know, because it's something that I looked at and I thought, God, we can't do that, you know, because I just think in recruitment, it's just, it's so tricky. You've just got to be on the ball all of the time. Um, you know, so I think it's really interesting that you've managed to do that and do it really well. Um, you know, and I think the hybrid working, you know, we, we've gone fully remote, um, you know, because we, 
just can't you know what we're finding is the talent is scattered absolutely everywhere and where we where you have a localized business where i'm not in i've chosen not to be in london um got too old to commute <laughs> into london every day um you know it's an in, it's an interesting one you know because it's that you know the talent isn't necessarily where we are at so we've just gone right we're just going to have to go you know but that also bring brings in it brings in challenges you know around how do you manage you know you know how do you keep things together as a team um and i also think um you know the talent so you've got a war for talent in your pharmaceutical you know and i can see that you know you're in a, a you know you're in the bang on right space i'd imagine for growth um and I, and i would imagine from from your point of view that um you have to really pick who you work with right so if you if you've got a client who hasn't got the right engagement strategy who's not paying the people correctly who's not you know who hasn't got it absolutely nailed when it comes to bringing in talent i would imagine where you've got a real raging war going on in local areas you've either got to go out to a million places to go other different somewhere else to look for them or you've got to really pick and choose who you work with so i think you've, you i think you've you've picked up on some some really interesting um interesting points there um as far as the tech sector you're absolutely right it's been really really hit and what we're hearing um from from clients is that coming into 2023 it obviously had a real slowdown and the leadership or the marzipan layer has had a real softening of the market so we are seeing that the you know there aren't as many roles maybe out there that we don't really look at it in roles but investment is is going on um and coming into this market you know with some of the clients they have had some of the the people laid off from their clients and they're not necessarily coming through with the with the contract so it's going to be an interesting focus quarter i suspect or even first second quarter but i also see a lot of the um smaller type of companies that are trying to get to that billion and over the billion type mark are also going to be in with a chance to grabbing some really good talent that's um, i think coming onto the market so it, it's a bit of a it's a bit in flux at the moment in 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 our world um and i think that the investment roles around leadership um we are going to see them they're just not going to be as many roles which i i think is a good thing because it means that we can get ensconced with the client we can help them think through we can help them think through the strategy workforce planning all sorts of different things are coming up and also what i'm uh, seeing coming into this market is um data and insights so it's something that we've set up um very recently uh where we have put out um and we're starting to work with clients on data and insights around talent so where they may have a shortage of talent we'll be able to tell them where what is you know where to go and maybe get the uh, much more difficult to find talent from you know what's going on with diversities tracking clients and competitors for them um you know and really starting to embed on this talent um or this data and insights um stuff which i think is absolutely key coming into this war for talent and it's how as a recruitment partner do we add value so we've got the coaching element you know we've got you know we've got the assessments and i think the missing bit for us was the data and insights which we're coming into in a, a really big way in this year and i'm um, looking at doing a subscription service around doing some of the analytics around you know what's going on in the market where do you get your talent how do you you know how do you um you know run benches and things like that for clients so i think there's some really interesting 
that's why we're so excited coming into 2023 because we're talking about some really interesting stuff with with clients and getting your hands on that data can be challenging do you manage that in-house yourself emma or do you use a third-party provider or how, how does that work for you i'm, I'm never for reinventing the wheel right <laughs> Um, you know, when somebody else is doing it out there. So what we do is we we um, have looked at the market at a number of different um, platforms and we uh, buy different platforms of data. And what we do is we have somebody very smart internally taking that data, putting it together, making sense. Because the thing is with data, there is so much data out there. I mean, it's like, you know, most people will get a news feed and they'll read this or read that or read, you know, small, small amounts of it. So what we do is we triangulate the platforms with um, the data feeds. We make sense of it and then and then we will send it to our clients. So it's smart data, really. So it's uh, we and what we do is we try and bespoke it to stuff that's really interesting to the client. So we do all the donkey hard work and, and you know, use the platforms that we know work around uh, talent and then we um put it back into the uh you know back to our clients so it's it's data that is going to make sense to them mm-hmm. very good and you know one of the big issues here in ireland at the moment is not just the cost of living and inflation but mm-hmm. our accommodation crisis and it's it's uh, a challenge when you're trying when you are sourcing talent abroad and bringing them into the country but the struggle is then to find the accommodation or the housing um, okay. to their their personal needs. Do you have any issues like that? Obviously, you have the cost of living and the inflation in, in the UK, I'm sure. But do you have any other issues like that that are impeding um, uh, your success in, in the marketplace at the moment or enhancing your, your success in the marketplace? Uh, I've got to be honest, no, um, because we tend to deal with the marzipan layer. We, we, we don't tend to, uh, well, I suppose we do in, in some cases, you know, where it's a senior leadership role. Um, we, we may look at lots of different countries to, to source the talent from, but, the, but not, not, not so much. But I can imagine in, yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that as being a problem, but I would imagine it probably is a problem in Ireland, actually. Um, because, in yeah. Cities, just in the major cities, you yeah. know. And that's where, you know, people coming from abroad think of Dublin, Cork, Galway, you know, the, the triangle of Ireland, shall I call it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it has been a challenge and um, continues to be a challenge at the moment. Um, and it's something that we as a country are very conscious of as well. Um, but look, you know, we've got um, we've got other positives. We are attracting that talent pool into the country. Um, so that's the that's the good news part of the story. Which I think, which I think, you know, when when you say war for talent, it's got to be done, hasn't it? You know, because you've only, if you've only got a finite pool, and I suppose, you know, there's a there's a there's a bit here where it's educating the clients, um, you know, because I don't know about you, but some some of the clients, you know, if especially if they've been there really, you know, people have been there a really really long time, they're like, well, you know, why can't we have, you know, whereas before that there's been a dearth of talent, maybe now, you know, it's you know, so part of that is about educating the clients that actually we've got to go further afield to look at the talent, you know, it, you know, and, and educating people on diversity and, you know, inclusion and, um, you know, all that sort of, uh, you know, looking at different countries, you know, th- th- I think, the, I think it is completely changing under our feet, um, you know, and it's about staying ahead of that and, and being able to educate the, uh, educate the clients really. 
And also looking at the transferable skill sets, you know, the, yes. the tech sector is very focused on people coming from the FDA regulated industry. But, you know, we have to look at other regulated industries um, to attract that talent in, um, because, you know, if you look at Ireland, our unemployment rate is, I think, something like 4.4 percent, Emma. So we're pretty much deemed to be at full employment here in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, looking at other sources of hires is, is critical in terms of mapping that out in conjunction with the client. And that's where, you know, you you spoke earlier about um, that partnership um, and, you know, here I'll really look at developing that strategic partnership um, with the decision makers within the business to mm -hmm. ensure that we are mapping out the right talent for them when it's required. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting times ahead. Definitely. Yeah. So do you use, um, I, I think we're coming probably nearly towards the end of our, uh, the end of our thing, but I'm really curious to know, um, do you use any particular tech? Are, are, are you keeping ahead of tech? Because, and, and, and how do you implement that into the business? Because I know that we've been a real adopter and I'm like, ah, tech, you know, everything's going tech. But actually, we, you know, some of it has worked and some of it has not worked, you know, because we haven't had take up and adoption of it. Um, but I'm just wondering whether you're keeping ahead of all the uh, recruitment tech out there or how are you keeping ahead of it? We're trying. I, I won't say we're ahead of it, um, Emma, but we're, we're working hard on it. We have we have an individual who is just a superstar when it comes to technology and understanding technology and understanding what it can do for the business. Um, and we brought her into the business um, la Q2 of last year. Okay. Um, and that individual has been instrumental in terms of maximizing how we even use our CRM tech that we weren't using in our CRM. Um, we've automated um, processes from, um, you know, uh, timesheets, approvals through to integration with um, uh, payment processing through to uh, integration with invoicing. Um, contractors can track their hours, track their annual leave. So that's no longer a transactional issue for us where you have to call up and check your annual leave balance. Um, so you can manage that yourself through your own individual portal. Um, your clients can manage their vacancies, applications, interviews, regrets, hires, et cetera, again, through their own portal. And this is all technology we've, we um, are using within our CRM. Um, we are using technology um, for candidate engagement, for business development, for client engagement. Um, again, it's um, em embraced by marketing. Um, my business partner, Roisin, will be very involved from the marketing perspective. And it's just getting the transaction, anything that is deemed transactional, um, automated. You know, simple things like reminders to the hiring managers to sign the timesheet. Mm. reminders to the contractors to sign the timesheet all of that would have been done by phone or email whereas mm. now that's all um, automated um, so it's it's looking at where it can bring value at but what I've learned in um, through the school of hard knocks really is um, technology is only as good as how you invest in it yourself in mm. terms of what it can do for your business because no matter how shiny and amazing it is if you don't invest in your time in terms of what's the value add for your business and what is it going to do for your business and what is the return on that investment for your business, then 
you know, you're wasting your time because we've purchased tech where we haven't, we, we haven't made that investment. So it, it has been a cost as opposed to a return. Yeah. And I would absolutely echo that. And I think you articulated that really well. Um, you know, I mean, we don't have the contracting bit. I mean, that sounds like an absolute minefield to me. But I think, yeah, I mean, we've implemented tech that just hasn't had that return of investment because it's been shiny new. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to do a great job. And, um, you know, we've tried and everyone's like, no, you know, not use it. or haven't haven't picked it up and haven't used it. So I think the learning for me is, you know, is to really get the business engaged before we invest um you know because otherwise it, it we, we sort of buy when we have an you know for a small business we have an amazing tech stack and it's like you know someone looking in would go really you know but um you know it's a, but some of it has worked and we're trying to do all that automation at the moment with hairfish and all sorts of things you know which is a bit like pulling teeth but um you know i think we're just starting to see the um we're just starting to see some really good stuff coming out of that. So it is worth persevering with some of it. But yeah, it has been a bit of a headache. So it's interesting to hear your journey on that. Really interesting. I'm sure people listening to that will be like, okay, that's quite interesting um, thing to uh, pick up on. So yeah, thank you. You know, it's like anything. Um, it, it's I, I always uh, equate it to the change from iPhone to Samsung or Samsung to iPhone it's if if it's not um straightforward if the if the individuals that are using the system are not bought into it from the outset and if the if it's not um straightforward to use you're going to have that pushback and that resistance um so i've uh, like yourself i i learned uh, a long time ago bring them into the mix in terms of selecting um the tech stack that you're going to be using the budget on yeah um, and that way you're getting their buy-in from the, the early stages and they're making their own choices as well as the business guiding those choices as to um, what can potentially work. Yeah, brilliant. I think that's a really, really good bit of advice, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, uh, but how is the UK market at the moment, Emma? Um, you know, we we hear it? reports and it's you talk to some people and it's the... The outlook is amazing and you talk to other people and it's they're optimistic but cautious and um some people are are not so optimistic yeah i think it's um i think god what do i think um the uk market i mean we've we've got stuff going on in in you know with our clients in the uk i think it's people coming into it uh this year in the uk in a, in a very cautious way um, and I think we're going to see a slowdown probably in, in Europe as a whole. Um, and I think there's going to be very, um, thoughtful hiring. I, I can't think of another word for it really, you know, where it, where it's not just like, we need this and we need that. And, you know, getting carried away on, I think, you know, it's going to be very particular chains out maybe of leaderships, you know, managers to leaders, you know, companies need leaders, you know, they need strong leaders coming into this market where they, you know, they can deal with a bit of ambiguity and change. Um, you know, whereas if you've, if you've got a manager that's sitting in the business for a really long time, that's always worked this way, you know, it, you, you know, it, it's different thinking, I think. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I think it's a cautious, it's they're cautious, it's cautious. I think the US, um, you know, we've, we're seeing is a lot more buoyant um, in the US. Uh, it's coming back in, in, a, in, a, in a quicker way. So we've got a lot of stuff going on on in the US at the moment. So I think, you know, we'll just have to see how how it plays out after winter, um, you know, 
Mm. I don't know is how how this year is going to um, how this year is going to pan out. But I think you know that where we where we what we are doing as as an organisation is is just looking at how we just add value all of the time to our clients, mm. not just put a bum on a seat. It's how we add value, how we protect the you know how we protect the um, you know the candidate going in in the best way we can and making sure that they get the right hire. Um, you know, and given the data to support, you know, their, their strategies. Mm. I wanted to come back to one point as well. You know, something you mentioned about the four day week and how the recruiter always has to be on. Um, and you're right. You know, that 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 profile of employee is really important when you are um, hiring for your team. And I think, you know, for us, the four day week is has worked out really, really well. And um, one of the one of my key Um, concerns going into the four day week was, you know, how we're going to manage, you know, on four days as opposed to five days. And was it going to impact productivity? Was it going to impact sales? And we ran it on a pilot scheme to see how it would operate from the outset. And it didn't impact sales. It didn't impact productivity. Um, People were more focused um, during their hours of work. Um, and what we found is uh, it was it really brought the team together because the four day week was hinged on uh, team results, not individual results. Um, so it uh, the collaboration really increased and um, the support network within the the team of recruiters really increased because um, they were all in it to ensure that they made the four day week a success. So it was not just about their success, but about their colleagues success. So it, it really fostered that whole culture of collaboration and support and um, uh, giving, each, giving each other a dig out. And that really supported the team as well during a very tough time from a resilience perspective, because mm. You know, when you get a knock and trying to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and, and go again. So having that support network there within the team, um, the whole uh, uh, environment of collaboration and sharing was was um, really um, instrumental in terms of the success of it. But uh, as in year two, then, um, Emma, one of the challenges we ran into was the profile of um, individual we were attract, attracting through the four-day week. So it was something we had to manage because, you know, we weren't interested in people working for us for the four-day week mm. in isolation. Um, it was really important that we found the right people that were passionate about recruitment and that the four-day week was just an add-on. Um, yeah, so, I can, I can, I can yeah. see that, right? Because oh, we've got a full day. We know you need someone who's going to put just as much work in and right. have that drive, passion, and that sort of recruitment core, um, rather than oh my god, they're doing a full day week. I'm going over there, you know, because that doesn't that that mentality doesn't necessarily work in recruitment. Yeah, and we made one or two mistakes in in, the, in a couple of hires um, with that. So, um, but look, we readjusted. Um, how we were marketing um, our roles, how we were screening for our roles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we're back on track because like you said, you know, the recruiter almost needs to be always on. And you'll find that my top billers, the people that are working across the four day week, they will never ignore um, any potential business on, on their fifth day or a hot candidate. They won't leave that hot candidate sit there until uh, the next working day. They will be all over it. 
and that <laughs> yes. right there, that little bit there, the top villas, that's the bit, isn't it? It's not, you know, so it's, it, it, it's like they won't ignore it. They're going to pick up, they're going to do what they need to do. And, and that's the attitude that you're looking for. Exactly, exactly. And it's, but yet they know they're not tied to a desk on their fifth day. They could be out doing their um, supermarket shopping and they're having a conversation with a potential candidate or a client. Yeah. Uh, and it's that freedom and that flexibility that works really, really well mm. for for our team um, more so than anything else. And um, it's knowing that they're in control of whether or not they, you know, how they manage that fifth day. I think that's really interesting. I think if you ever wrote a a paper on that, I think lots of people would be really interesting because you're making it work. And I think you've done it for two years and you've already learned the hard lessons from that. Um, And I think lots, I mean, I would really grapple with with how to do it because we work with the US, we work with this, we work with that. And and, and it's people are on. So, but it's really interesting to hear that you've made it work. Um, and I'd be really interested to dig into that in a little more detail to say, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you do that? What about that? <laughs> um, you know. And I think, you know, there's there's a number of companies out there doing it. And I was fortunate to consult with another company as well and learn from their experiences. But, you know, I also learned from our own experiences. We had to tweak along the way, Emma. It's, mm. you know, you um, it's, it's a constant work in progress, but it's all about um getting the talent piece right at the outset mm. uh, in terms of hiring somebody that is uh, passionate about recruitment, not um, looking for just a four day, day week. Yeah. And I think that is a really good nugget of, of yeah. you know, information there. It's, it's getting the right behaviors and attitude um, to recruitment, you know, and, and just saying, yeah, I'd love to be able to do that. That's right up my alley saying, yeah, have four days a week. But, um, you know, knowing that you've got the right people internally to, um, you know, to make it work, I think, is the trick. So um, I think we're pretty much at our time. Over knowing me. But yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And likewise, really enjoyed it, Emma. So um, uh, we might meet up at the TRN event. I hope so. January. 